The only reason why the 49ers didn't score 49 points in this Eagles game, besides the fact that they didn't score a touchdown on the first two drives that they had, is because they didn't need to score another touchdown on the last drive. Welcome to the Birds Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Dunhue. Thank you so much for joining us. The Philadelphia Eagles fell today to 10-2 and after losing to the San Francisco 49ers 42-19. to And listen, this was not a great game for anybody. This was not a great game for any Eagles player, offense, defense, special teams. It was not a great game. The Eagles were outplayed after the first quarter, and the 49ers just were the better team on the field through most of the game. And it really showed, and the Eagles dropped a critical, critical game that would have set them up really, really well for the number one seed in the NFC. Instead, the 49ers get back into it. They rise to 9-3 and three on the season, and... It's just an absolutely frustrating loss for Eagles fans because Eagles fans were really looking forward to this game, really looking forward to a complete game between the 49ers and the Eagles. And honestly, I think we still have yet to see that kind of a complete game. But this time, it's not because the 49ers didn't show up. It's because the Eagles got off to a fast start, to their credit. They did get off to a fast start. The first quarter was all Philadelphia. The Eagles went down the field twice in the first quarter. The 49ers had no answers for them in the first quarter. And the 49ers in the first quarter had a grand total of minus six yards of offense, which if that was what the trend was going to be for the rest of the game, we're having a very, very different post-game episode. But going into the rest of the game, what wound up happening was the Philadelphia Eagles just decided to coast for the rest of the game as if their performance was acceptable to allow them to come away with the victory. And the 49ers, to their credit, continued to fight back. The 49ers drives, they went punt, punt, and then touchdown, 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 end of game. There were six touchdowns scored by the 49ers. There were only two field goals scored by the Eagles in the first half. The Eagles' defense really got caught up this game, but the Eagles' offense did the defense no favors after the first quarter. Jalen Hurts, 26 for 45, 298 yards, one touchdown through the air, uh, no interceptions, no turnovers at all this game, uh, which was a real credit to the Eagles' offense. Hurts did have to actually leave the game later in the game, uh, due to a concussion protocol that he had to go through, it actually caused him to leave the sideline and go into the locker room for further evaluation. Hertz did return to the field, but in the interim, Marcus Mariota appeared on the field. He was two for three for 16 yards, and so that led to Jalen Hertz trotting onto the field. So Jalen Hertz was able to uh, come back into the game midway through the second half of the game. But really, the bigger concern was Jalen Hertz in the passing game while he was able to look and he was able to have a lot of time back in the pocket, the 49ers were really not able to get a ton of pressure to him. It really wasn't until later in the game when they were starting to get a bit more pressure. Jalen Hurts just simply wasn't finding receivers. The 49ers defense was playing close on the Eagles receivers and the Eagles receivers didn't seem to be able to break free. And Jalen Hurts really, for whatever reason, wasn't able to find some open guys. And that's what led to a lot of some of the poor decision-making that he was making there. It was frustrating to watch. And 
When he did throw, his biggest target was to A.J. Brown. He was targeted 13 times, 8 catches for 114 yards. His longest catch was a 38-yard reception. Devontae Smith was next in line, 11 targets, 9 catches for 96 yards, and the only Eagles touchdown through the air. Now, I started focusing on the passing, and that's because most of the Eagles' plays were passing plays. The Eagles got 46 rushing yards on 18 carries, so that's an average of 2.6 yards per carry, and the Eagles had one tackle for a loss that was a loss of 2 yards there. So, in the run game, the Eagles were very non-existent, and that's been a huge criticism of the Eagles over the course of this season. Now, Nick Sirianni had addressed that previously, but it definitely felt like the Eagles got away from the run game super, super quickly. And credit to the 49ers defense, because the 49ers defense played in the first quarter. They were able to make some critical stops as the Eagles were getting into the red zone during that first quarter. The Eagles only came away with six points out of the first quarter, and it wasn't even because of touchdowns. They got into the red zone twice. Both times, the Eagles were very simply put, not able to punch the ball into the end zone. The first time, it was a ball that was overthrown, incomplete. And the second time, it was because Jalen Hurts dropped back too far and tripped over his own feet and got sacked. So credit to the 49ers defense who came in to play. Now, Dre Greenlaw, two tackles, five assists, combined for seven tackles. Dre Greenlaw actually got those through about two and a half quarters of play. He was thrown out of the game midway through. This game was a very chippy game between the Eagles and the 49ers. And Greenlaw was thrown out of the game for making contact with Eagles Chief Security Officer Dom DeSandro. Now, Don DeSandro was also asked to leave the sideline, mostly because it seemed like through the review by New York, Don DeSandro was part of escalating the situation. So the officials did ask DeSandro to leave the sideline. Greenlaw was formally ejected for an unnecessary roughness penalty. Pool reporter Zach Berman spoke with the NFL's head of officiating, Walt Anderson, following the game regarding the ejection of Greenlaw with the penalty, but not the penalty of the Eagles when they asked Don DeSandro to leave as well. The officials had a flag on the field for a personal foul by Dre Greenlaw, and then there was continuing action. So what Rule 19, which is the rule that allows for review of plays through instant replay, allows the NFL to do is provide assistance by looking at the video. And what they saw was the staff person, Don DeSandro, that made contact with the player, and the player made contact with the staff member, and it was that initial contact between Don DeSandro and Dre Greenlaw that caused Greenlaw to make contact back to Don DeSandro, and that's what caused Greenlaw's disqualification. But Rule 19, again, that review of instant replay, does not allow the NFL to throw a flag from New York. So the Eagles were able to escape from that without an unnecessary roughness penalty, but simultaneously, DeSandro and Greenlaw were asked to leave the field. But even without Greenlaw, the 49ers defense was able to keep them in the game early and was able to play through the rest of the game. Jair Brown, five tackles, two assists, combined for seven tackles. Nick Bosa, six combined tackles, two solo. Javon Kinlaw, had two sacks. He was responsible for downing Hurts on the really, really big drop back, and he also got another sack on Hurts. The third sack on Hurts came from Kalia Davis. So the 49ers defense was doing a really good job of really just taking out threats and was able to get to Jalen Hurts a couple of times. But man, this defense, this defense did not show up after the first quarter. Just simply did not. 
The Eagles defense was able, again, to force the 49ers to minus six yards of offense in the first quarter, which, again, is huge. And a lot of those came from stopping Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. But then the second quarter came around, and Brock Purdy lit on fire. Brock Purdy, 19 for 27 on the game, in the passing game, 314 yards. And the Eagles have now given up 300 or more passing yards in four of the last five games against Washington, against Dallas, against Buffalo, and now here. So Brock Purdy came in and was able to pick apart the Eagles secondary. And the Eagles secondary didn't give up a ton of deep plays. The longest plays of the game were passes from Brock Purdy to Debo Samuel. Both of them were touchdown passes. One was a 48-yarder, the other was a 46-yarder. Both of them were short passes, and the longest one, the 48-yarder, was a short middle pass. The 49ers finally figured out that they were able to cut the defensive secondary apart, and they were able to take advantage of a weak defensive secondary, and that is absolutely frustrating as an Eagles fan to watch when you're seeing a 49ers team that you know you can hang toe-to-toe -to -toe with and you should be able to hang toe-to-toe -to -toe with. It is beyond frustrating at this stage in the game. And for a team, an Eagles team, that is vying for the number one seed in the NFC, this game does not help. Now, the Eagles, to their credit, were able to get to Brock Purdy a couple of times on the day. Both Hassan Reddick and Fletcher Cox were able to get Brock Purdy sacked, but those sacks only resulted in a loss of four compared to the sacks that Jalen Hurts sustained. And I think the reason why that happens is because Jalen Hurts, he takes the overwhelming majority of his plays from the shotgun, and then he drops back even further. And then he steps up on the pocket. So you're already at that point when you're in the shotgun, you're already seven yards back. And then you back up more. So now you're probably more than 10 yards back. And then you come up. And that's why Jalen Hurts is consistently losing nine, 10 yards whenever he gets sacked. That's something that he needs to work on at this stretch in the game because this is not acceptable for somebody like him. He needs to be able to make better decisions. He needs to be able, when he's stepping up in the pocket, to be able to get the pass off. And if he can't find an open receiver, he's got to be taken off running much, much sooner than he is. But again, there were some bright spots. The sacks by Hassan Reddick, by uh, Fletcher Cox were great. The Eagles did a decent enough job of getting pressure to Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy was able to find the open guy in the short middle where the Eagles defense is the weakest at this point. And we're really hoping that Shaq Leonard takes a leap and signs with us. Shaq Leonard was in the building last week. He was in the building with Nick Sirianni. And we'll see what winds up happening on that front. But this case was maybe a cry for help. And hopefully he's able to come in and provide some additional depth in that Eagle secondary. We'll see what happens. He has not made a decision yet. Some other folks, Reed Blankenship had a really, really good game. He had seven combined tackles. Three of them were his own, but he always seemed to be in on the play, and he always seemed, he almost had an interception of his own. He always seemed like he was in on the play, and it was a really, really good sign to see him in there. Nicholas Morrow, eight combined tackles. So Eagles defense had some decent enough plays, but the Eagles' defense also was generally lackluster. Again, I pointed out the fact that Brock Purdy had 314 passing yards, 
But the Eagles once again allowed more than 100 yards rushing. And the run defense, and I pointed this out in our pregame episode, the Eagles going into the bye week allowed just one 100-plus yard rushing game. That was the first matchup against the Washington Commanders at the beginning of October. They allowed 107 rushing yards, and one of the reasons why that happened was because that game went into overtime. Coming off of the bye, the Eagles have allowed, in each of their subsequent three games, they have allowed more than 100 rushing yards. They allowed 168, 173 against the Chiefs and the Bills, respectively. And now this game, they allowed 146 rushing yards. And most of that was to Christian McCaffrey, who on 17 carries had 93 rushing yards and a touchdown. So he had his day. Debo Samuel also got in the mix, three carries for 22 yards. Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason also got in there as well. Elijah Mitchell, three carries for 13 yards. Mason, two carries for 10 yards. Brock Purdy, two carries for nine yards. But the Eagles' run defense just did not show up. The Eagles' pass defense, for the most part, was able to keep stuff away from the sidelines, was able to be responsive to sideline plays and to deep plays, but there were really no deep plays. The Eagles' pass defense was destroyed when the 49ers figured out that they could just cut up the middle. Debo Samuel, four catches for four targets, 116 yards, two touchdowns through the air. George Kittle, four catches on six targets, 68 yards. Brandon Ayuk, five catches on seven targets, 46 yards, one touchdown. Jawan Jennings, three catches on four targets, 44 yards, one touchdown. And then Christian McCaffrey had three catches on four targets for 40 yards of his own. But none of these passes were deep passes. All of them were short, middle, and they were able to extend the play through yards after the catch. Because the Eagles' defense, the Eagles' secondary, has been incredibly weak in the middle. And that's something that the Eagles need to focus on and the Eagles need to make stronger. So this game is really, really a huge soul-searching game for this Eagles team. And it becomes imperative for the Eagles to figure out what happened, what was going on with this Eagles team. Why are the Eagles in this kind of a position? Where are the things that they need to get fine-tuned? I indicated several. The run defense needs to improve significantly. The Eagles' secondary, just in general, needs to get a lot better. The Eagles need to focus on running the football a whole heck of a lot more. It was at Lincoln Financial Field some years ago when the Eagles fans had to bully Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen and the rest of the Eagles' offensive leadership into running the football. And I think it's time that we need to do that again because the Eagles' rushing offense, very simply put, has not been present. And Brian Johnson needs to realize that he needs to start running the football a whole heck of a lot more because, very simply put, this Eagles' performance is unacceptable. And as we go through and finish the gauntlet, and I know at the end of the day, we didn't think that we were going to go undefeated. We were anticipating losing one of these games. But we were really hoping that it wasn't going to be the conference game that we were going to be facing off against. That it was going to be maybe against either the Chiefs or the Bills. But the Eagles lost to the 49ers. And very simply put, this really hurts this Eagles team. 
it puts them in a really, really challenging position. And I will say this, when the Eagles have faced adversity, as Jalen Hurts says, they are a resilient team. It's just about playing to the standard, and we didn't play to the standard. Typically, when you play to the standard, you win. And I don't think we played to the standard and won yet, you know. We didn't play to the standard, and, and today we lost. Um, so it's a great team we played, and we have to uh, go back and reflect on it, learn from it, watch the film, and, and grow. So here we are. We are just over two-thirds of the way through the season. We are in the final half of the gauntlet. We are facing off against the Dallas Cowboys. We are facing off against the Seattle Seahawks. Those are games that are going to be challenging games for this Eagles team. And the question becomes whether or not they're going to be able to rise to the occasion. I have full confidence that they can. They've shown time and time again throughout this season that even though they may struggle, they will try, at least, and deliver what the Eagles need. And right now, the Eagles need wins against Dallas. They need wins against Seattle. And these games are going to be very important for the rest of the season. So let me know what you think in the comments below. What concerns do you have about this Eagles loss? Is there anything about this game, even though it was not the best game for an Eagles fan, that gives you a lot of hope? Let me know. And thank you so much to everybody for tuning in to the Bird's Nest Podcast. You can support the Bird's Nest Podcast by liking and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media right here on YouTube, as well as by sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. Please visit birdsnestmedia.com for additional Eagles coverage. And if you feel so inclined to support us in a different way, you can find the link to our Patreon in the description below, as well as at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles!